by doing that, we'll discover vital spirituality as she has. We'll dive deep into why spirituality is important, how one can uncover past lives to understand this one. Lauren will share her ideas about following the energy, the divine timing, and maybe talk a little bit about how this all aligns with astrology. Uh, Like myself, she's a traveler to sacred sites around the world, and um, she might, uh, if we tempt her, discuss some of her special pilgrimages to Egypt and how it changed her life. She has uh, a book written on this as well. We'll get her to talk about that. Uh, Finally, we'll chat about the elders who are her guides and uh, being in what it means to be an elder in training. So don't miss uh, this insightful talk. But first, uh, we have to get to a few important announcements, and um, then we'll begin uh, delving into this uh, rich, rich conversation. Uh, First, I want to thank those who came out to the Goddess Temple this weekend. On Saturday night, you heard the talk on Inanna at uh, this month's Joseph Campbell Mythological Roundtable. Then on Sunday morning, I gave the first of four talks on partnership as the guest minister. Uh, The talk was on partnership with self. And if you were at either of those uh, events on Saturday or Sunday, I thank you very much uh, for coming out. And if uh, you aren't in the Southern California area or you couldn't make uh, my talk on partnership, uh, I have posted it on Facebook uh, this evening. And it's also up on YouTube. So uh, it's easy enough to find. Just go to Karen Tate on Facebook, uh, and uh, you can also find it on YouTube. And if you have uh, any trouble uh, finding a partnership with self or the power of partnership um, on YouTube, just uh, pop me an email uh, and I'll help you. Also, uh, coming up on July 10th at the July Joseph Campbell Roundtable in Venice this time, I'll be at Beyond Baroque, uh, and uh, this particular month I'm actually the speaker, uh, and I'm going to be giving a talk on reawakening our earliest sacred stories and how goddess ideals and mythology can be our moral compass. Uh, Then the fourth Sunday in July, I'll be back at the Goddess Temple with the second installment on partnership, uh, speaking about partnership with our intimate others. So if uh, that sounds interesting, I hope uh, you'll mark your calendar. Uh, That's July 10th and then the fourth, uh, fourth July, fourth Sunday in July. Um, I also have something I'd like to share uh, with you from uh, Joe Carson. Uh, she, uh, a longtime um, supporter of the show, and uh, she has a new book out. Uh, Joe's book is called Celebrate Wildness, and uh, she asked me to share this review by Dana Corby. Um, she wrote it in her blog called The Rant and Raven. Uh, so this is... Um, Uh, Dana's review of Joe's new book, Celebrate Wildness. Dana says, When people wonder aloud how the Wicca of Southern California became so much more nature-oriented and wild than the British traditions from which it arose, the one factor they don't take into account but should is feriferia. 
Feriferia, a word Fred Adams coined from Greek roots meaning wilderness festival, is a pagan tradition unlike any other. Based on Fred's visions of the divine feminine, the sacredness of Eros, and the potential for intentional communities that truly do no harm to anything, it also draws upon themes familiar to Wiccans such as sacred landscapes, prehistoric beliefs, and the fairy faith. Fred intended that Feriferia should lead the world into a paradisal future in which freedom, eros, and play are the core values, where that built by human hands merges seamlessly into the wild and the fae romp among us. I'm getting flashes of New Zealand where the hobbits live. But anyway, I digress. Dana continued to say, Celebrate Wildness is a unique, exquisite, and profound book. It created in me a sort of homesickness, a wistfulness for the idealist I was. We all were, back when we and the world and the magic were all young and fresh. Though it's a short book at uh, only 115 pages, it is filled with art. Uh, You can't expect to read it quickly. You need to take your time and savor it, let it sink into your subconscious. And you know what? What bobs to the surface will surely be wondrous. Celebrate uh, Wildness is an oversized, hardbound book on heavy paper. It's only $45, and it's from feriferia.org. And I'll spell that for you if that's a word new to you. F-E-R-A. F-E-R-I-A dot org. So thank you, Joe, for that uh, uh, contribution and uh, for letting me share it uh, with listeners. And uh, before we go on, uh, let me tell you the first way to win free stuff tonight. Yes, indeed. Um, You can actually get a free copy of Sage Woman magazine uh, by calling uh, 888-SAGE-WOMAN. That's 888-724-3966. Sage Woman is a magazine that really has its finger on the pulse of the goddess community. Uh, It celebrates the goddess in every woman and has been doing that for three decades. Uh, The magazine, um, and again, it's called Sage Woman, brings the wisdom of wisdom spirituality to over 10,000 women every 88-page issue. Uh, And uh, you can, as I said, get uh, your free issue, a sample issue, uh, by calling that toll-free number. Or if you want to take a look at Sage Woman or contact them online, I am pretty sure you can get your free sample that way too. Just go to sagewoman.com. Mention you heard this on Voices of the Sacred Feminine Radio, and that uh, free sample issue will be coming to you. But there's more free stuff uh, coming later, so uh, as I said, you'll want to stay with me till the end of the show. And um, I want to just give you a quick heads up. Uh, there's no show Wednesday uh, right after the 4th of July, on July 6th. Uh, I plan to be taking a few days off to enjoy 4th of July holiday. Uh, I hope you might take the time to contemplate our political goddess, Lady Libertas. Yes, indeed. You can see her in the New York Harbor. Um, Also, uh, she's Lady Freedom atop the Capitol Dome. And uh, when you're enjoying the festivities of the holiday, contemplate uh, Lady Liberty. You know, uh, not many people think about her, I don't think, uh, this Fourth of July holiday. Maybe us uh, goddess advocates do. But, you know, if you hadn't before, Uh, Maybe this is a new way for you to think about or celebrate the holiday. So give it some thought. And uh, I am going to uh, say hello uh, to Lauren now. Welcome, Lauren, to the show. 
Hi, Karen. It's good to be talking with you again. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to uh, our talk tonight. And uh, I want to introduce listeners to you um, a bit more uh, by way of your bio. So uh, let me share that, and uh, then we'll jump right into our chat. Lauren O. Time. Uh, She's the author of hundreds of articles, nine books. Uh, As I said before, uh, you know, she is a a teacher and a psychic, a healer, a medium. She's a lecturer. Uh, She does past life counseling. She's an astrologer. Uh, She's an explorer of and writer about sacred sites. Um, She knows about permaculture. She's been an organic former. She's a conduit. She's an elder in training, or she's an ordained priestess of Hathor, living in a temple in and uh, Iseum of Hathor, Sekhmet and Anubis. Uh, she's mother of Andrea and Nathan. She's a grandmother of Amber and uh, Matthew. And uh, these days she uh, spends out her days in Santa Fe, uh, Mexico, uh, New Mexico. Uh, all of her articles and books, uh, fiction, nonfiction, poetry, uh, they have a basic theme that, that runs through them. Uh, they're spiritual and uh, transformative. Um, which uh, that's how, you know, sort of a reflection of her life as long as I've known her. Uh, She says that she persistently strives to become the best self I can be. And the universe has seen fit to to release and re-release many of her books um, all at once in the coming months. Lucky her. We'll have to find out how that all happened. What were those synchronicities? Uh, From the Depths of Time uh, is one of her books, uh, T-H-Y-M-E, kind of a play on words there uh, with time and her last name. Uh, A book of poems uh, was released in both ebook and print form in December of 2015. Timely Tales, again, uh, playing on the T-H-Y-M-E and T-I-M-E. Timely Tales is a transformational fairy tales for adults and children. Uh, Second edition is due out uh, in early uh, April. Uh, Maybe that was 2016, so this might be just a couple months old, this this bio. Cosmic Grandma Wisdom, a volume of her spiritual and metaphysical essays. Strangers in Paradise, a novel of forgiveness. Twin Souls, a karmic love story, a novel about twin souls. Uh, Twin Souls and a Comic Love Story. Those are novels about twin souls and new books due uh, for e-book and print uh, this summer. And then uh, Long on the Nile, a novel uh, exploring pre-dynastic Egypt, uh, has a new publisher who's releasing uh, it the second second edition by July. And uh, no doubt uh, that was greatly influenced by her many trips to Egypt. So, Lauren, you've been a busy gal. You've been a busy gal. <laughs> um, I know. So it's how, really how, strange. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did um, you know? How did you end up with all of your books, either the new ones coming out or the old ones getting re-released, all in this short period of time? Was that intended, or was it synchronicity, or how did that happen? Well, I'm a great believer of divine timing and astrology, which goes with it. And um, I think things just kind of came together, you know, the the planet and the timing. And, you know, I was supposed to be here at this place and with books at this moment in time. So that's how how it seems to work. 
Okay. Well, you know, uh, there's something to be said for that. Uh, we can have a project pending, and uh, we can be pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. But uh, if, uh, you know, the timing's not right with the universe, then uh, it just feels like pushing that boulder uphill. And uh, But if the timing is right, uh, kind of like when you're a real estate agent, location, location, location. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're kind of talking about timing here. So, um yeah. So our talk is uh, is about becoming spiritual, and um, so Lauren, would you say you were a spiritual person um, all your life, or did uh, the spirituality become such a big focus and such an an important factor um, later on in life? Um, tell us a little bit about um, you know when you awakened to you, yourself being such a spiritual being. Right. Um. I was five when I had a near-death experience. And um, when I came out of the coma, I was here. I could hear the elders talking to me. I, I would know stuff without knowing how I knew it. And so it's just it just kind of was a gift handed to me. You know, going out to that other dimension and coming back again. So um, I can gift. Um, I've been doing my best to to be a humble receiver of that gift all my life. Well, and and I know I've known you for a long time. Sometimes it hasn't always felt like a gift. Um, uh-huh. But then sometimes I, I guess our challenges, if we look for it, we usually do find the gift. Um, do you want to, you know, maybe address that for some people who may find, you know, find that life's been a struggle? Yeah. Um, that's pretty much what spirituality is all about, is to see that although things look like a struggle, that if we get to look backwards in time, hindsight, that we see that um, it's all been for a reason. We can see what we've learned. We can see who we've met. We can see who we've left. Um almost as if there was a path that had been created for us or that we had created for ourselves. And it's, yeah. it's sometimes a real it's a real push to see that and to know that that is what my elders say to me all the time, that everything is perfect, no matter what it looks like, for the purpose of learning, growth, and evolution. And I I try to live that. It's not always easy, and sometimes life is very frustrating or or um, difficult. Um, but if I can come back to that and know that and feel that in my heart, and thank the universe or whatever the deity is that that one you know um, believes in, for me it's I call it God. Um, that. That, that gratitude continues to then come back to me in the form of gifts. So as I, and I call it the universal bank account, so as I give out to the universe with gratitude and then to help other people and to be a compassionate listener for people who are struggling, then gifts come back to me from seemingly nowhere um, of all sorts. You know, there can be a small gift, it could be a friendship, it could be money, it could be finding a new car, it could be any number of things. So 
for me, it's like it's all one piece. That um, that as I as I learn and grow, and I know that I'm I'm doing a good job, and that to be a really good person, and to be compassionate and kind, and to give to others, that it all gets given back to me. And although I've yeah. struggled a lot in my life. Um, that it's all, it's perfect. I wouldn't change one single bit of it. And a lot of it's been really difficult, as you know. Um, but, uh, you know, today I was just sitting and meditating before the show about, you know, what I wanted to say. And mostly what I wanted to be was a good servant for the universe to say things to inspire people out there. I'm not, I'm not any special person. I'm certainly not ascended or enlightened, but I do my best to be a good person and to be helpful and whatever yeah. comes through me to share, you know, like you do. Yeah. I mean, as you were talking about all of these people and your books and all the folks that are interested in, in working so much in the consciousness and goddess community, it it blows my mind because I remember in the 50s when there was, you couldn't find any books on any of this stuff <laughs> except for very few. And now yeah. it's just, it's like a tidal wave of information. Yeah. yeah. Must be bewildering True. to people who are just starting. Well, wonderful. I mean, I remember in the 90s, even in the 90s, when I first started this in the early 90s, um, it was not as prevalent as it is. So, uh, yeah, I mean, all all of these seeds have been planted in, you know, the feminine is on the rise, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but you're right. I mean, I, I've known you for a long time, and I don't talk to you often enough. But when I do talk to you and I pick up the phone, you and I chat, I always come off the phone feeling so much better, so much uh, more grounded, so inspired, and I know you've been working on me a long time to just accept that everything out there that's happening is perfect. I'm still working on that. I haven't, I haven't I been able to, to to take that one under, uh, you know, take that one uh, into myself uh, uh, as as I probably should. But you know, I, but one thing about you being able to do that, I think that really. Um, gives you a sense of serenity, doesn't it? Oh, yes. And In fact, that's the thing I love the most about the different things that have come to me uh, through my consciousness, through the elders and, and through other people, is that I feel that, you know, I don't have to push. There's no, I don't have to do anything. There's no one to save. Um, the world is fine, even though the, the news may not reflect that. But I feel like it's all just part of our evolution as, as you know, as members of the planet. Um, right. And, and so Lauren, there's, what there's would no you... bad people, just, just, you know, people out there who are both good and bad. Well, I remember when you did um, you, you did uh, my chart, and you uh, were talking about how you know how I'm at a place where uh, you know I sincerely believe that I am I am doing my best to try to make the world a better place, but so are the people who are 
uh, I guess you'd say, the opposite of me. They're equally, uh, you know, thinking that they, it's it's their job to uh, put forth their agenda, even though their agenda and my agenda and, and like-minded people like me, we may be on opposite sides of the uh, opposite sides of the fence. Um, it, it, it's really interesting uh, when you think about it. But but yet, what would you say to somebody, say for instance, who's a social justice activist or an animal rights uh, person or an environmentalist? You know, if if you take the attitude that um, you know, and, or you 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 know, try to be at peace with this idea that well, everything is happening the way it should, everything is perfect. Wouldn't that um, you know, wouldn't that be cause for all of these activists to just sit back and do nothing and not, uh, you know, try to make things better because everything in the world um, is perfect, you know, or is it well, supposed to be playing out? <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, I think the answer, because I've, I've thought about this and talked this over with a lot of folks, is that you do what feels right to you. And if what's being an animal activist or a political activist or an environmentalist or whatever, because I've been some of those things myself, it's it's what your your soul pushes you to do because it feels right to you. And so it's all part of that unfolding, evolving, learning, growing of the of the whole planet, of which we're each an important part of. Even if we're just, if we don't seem like we're doing much of anything, everybody has a role in this because we're all connected yeah. together. And yeah. um, so, I call it I call it psychic discernment. So when you discern, this is what I really want to do, then it's perfect for you. You know, and you mm-hmm. each person has to come to the universe with their own set, their own map their own set of ideas. And um, sometimes those ideas may feel less than, than you know, bringing serenity. Um, but it's up to them because they're in the process of growing. So right, I'm not going right. to take anything away and say, you know, you're wrong. I'm just saying there's another yeah. way to look at it. You know? Right. And there's, well, you mentioned and the elders. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, Buddhism um, says that, that you know, there's suffering in the world, but the suffering comes from our own thoughts about stuff. So one of the things that I strive to do is to continue to to take my, my thoughts to a better place, a more serene place. Um, if I'm upset with people, which, because I'm just human, um... I've learned lately, my new mantra is, God bless that person. And God bless me. You know, because I was upset, so God bless me, too. And Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. it's funny how it just kind of stops the thought in midstream, like, you know, because I'm going to say, oh, that person is really mean because she did blah, blah, blah. It's like if I stop and say, you know, God bless that person and God bless me, everything stops. You know, that my mind can't go anyplace now. You know, and, right. and, I, and I go into peace. So it's, it's right. a lovely play. I keep, you know, teaching myself new techniques, and that's my latest one. 
Well, and, and you know, and, and I can see where that sort of goes with the thinking that what we put out, um, we're sort of manifesting in the world. So if we put out struggle, angst, worry, fear, anxiety, just adding all of those negative energies to an already chaotic universe, so to speak, where, but if we do like you're talking about, if we try these methods of serenity, these methods of acceptance, gratitude, um, then you're putting that out in the world instead. Absolutely. And there's a, another book that's going to be coming out, a second edition, that I had written with a friend of mine who was doing a forgiveness uh, seminar years ago. And the book is called, going to be called Forgiveness Equals Fortune. So her premise and, and my premise is that if I forgive, if I bring gratitude and um, kindness to other people, then I'm going to reap the reward. And so it's we're right. doing it very selfishly. I mean, it's 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 a very self-interested kind of of um, practice to do. Yeah. But I mean, why not? You know, why not well, make our yeah. lives I mean, you're... Easier, and, easier and, you know, more productive? Well, so. I mean, I know when I use uh, the gratitude trigger, you know, if I have the red string on my wrist or, you know, I'm wearing yeah. a bracelet that I've, I've did, you know, I've deemed to be the gratitude trigger, um, and I yeah. see it throughout the day, it helps keep me in a better frame of mind to, uh, you know, and it helps me deal with uh, people differently, you know. Uh, maybe I, you know, not quite so edgy. Maybe I'm extra compassionate. Maybe I'll go the extra mile, you know. Um, and uh, you know, it it does. I mean, it. Uh, I, I I think. And also, too, I think when you're doing the gratitude thing, um, it, you know, it, it's kind of like a, um, a magnet in a way. Um, you pull back to you that which you're giving out. And, yeah, I mean, I just, it, it, but it's hard. I mean, it's not easy in everyday life. You're dealing with bosses. You're dealing with traffic. You're, you know, maybe <laughs> dealing with not having enough money or, uh, you know, maybe your lover cheated on you or your girlfriend stabbed you in the back. I mean, all of these different things, you know, we're dealing with things that upset us. And, um, you know, it's not always easy to to ground yourself and go to that place of gratitude. Right. It just takes practice and practice yeah. and practice and practice. I mean, I'm 69. I've been practicing a long time. Um, am I perfect? Far from it. But I figure, well, I'll just keep practicing because I'm here. I might as well make my life comfortable, happy, serene as best as I can. Um, yeah. And that's that's the whole thing is is to be compassionate to oneself okay you know yeah we're just we're spiritual beings having a human experience you know yeah. and it's is the three-dimensional world is difficult but it's not impossible well and 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 well, our you know, thoughts, a lot of different experiences well you know one of the issues um well not issues one of the uh, points 
uh, in my partnership talk Sunday uh, that I reiterated. I mean, it's Rianne Eisler's point. It's not my point. I'm just, you know, one of her Pied Pipers. Uh, but I believe mm-hmm. what she writes, you know, just like I believe so much yeah. of what you say. Um, you know, this, this idea of partnership with self, one of the first things she says is, you know, we can't change the world, but we can change ourselves. So to be in partnership with yourself is to look at how you can change yourself so that you can have a better life. And that's a, you know, and that's a whole talk there, but the point being that you know, if we take responsibility for our life and we do things like you're suggesting that make us feel better, that help us perform better, that help us put better energy into the world, then, you know, we're, we're, we're handling our little piece and let, let the rest of the folks handle their little piece. You think? Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. This is, this is one of my bottom lines. And I didn't realize that she had said that because I've been saying that for years myself, is to just be my own best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, that I, there's open that I can really change, um, but I can change me. Mm-hmm. And so my goal is to just change me. And, the, and I have a set of blocks, as you know, Lauren's laws. And so I forget which thought, well, it is number 17, let's say, that as I transform myself, other people transform themselves in my presence. So I don't really have to do anything because whatever I'm doing to change me, that energy goes out, other people can pick it up and change themselves. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's, and, it's and, about and you're, you're a role model. You know, in in a way, you're a role model, or yeah. you're a you're you're a reflection of what can be. You know, and it gives yeah. them incentive or inspiration. Well, um, let's let's talk a bit about the uh, the elders. Um, okay. uh, you said uh, that you first heard them begin to speak to you after that uh, that experience as a young girl when um, you you said you what, did you actually come out of a coma? Yeah. Yeah, I had um, uh, I had I had accidentally um, taken poison, and um, so after a few days, I didn't die, fortunately, and um, I came back and everything was different. I could hear things, see things, feel things. I could I could hear the elders. I didn't know who they were for a long time, but I knew that they were. I called them the guys. <laughs> So I, I could feel there was a bunch of them. I didn't know how many, but it was a group. And they were just so loving. And and they didn't they didn't advise me so much as um, support me and love me and encourage me. And they were always there whenever I wanted, you know, a feel of, you know, gee, I, I could use some support right now. They were just there. And when I started doing psychic readings when I was about 15, um, they'd be there with me. uh, And if I was saying something that wasn't quite right, they'd kind of say, uh, you know, this is actually what it is. Or they'd, you know, give me some information that I wasn't picking up on my own. And so we just, we kind of worked as a team all these years. And um, 
one or another of them would be like the the spokesperson, you know, the the chairman of the board, so to speak. And it's changed over time. And with time, I began, they wouldn't tell me who they were. They said it wasn't important. They were just there. But over time, I started to realize, little by little, that they were all ascended masters. It's like, and I asked hey. them, why are you talking to me? I'm not anybody. I'm just this, you know, person. And they said, because you will listen, because you will pay attention. And that, you know, hey. and so through you, we can work through you, you know, and we can work to oh. help you as well. And and over time, we we're like best friends. And, um, you know, and sometimes I'll be talking to someone and they're over sort of to my left and above me. They That's up where they always are. And every once in a while, I'd be talking to somebody and they'd pipe in with something. Oh, tell that person this. Oh, okay. And so I'd tell the person whatever. And it's, so it's kind of this fun, loving relationship that we have. And I feel... So I feel like um, that I have been given this huge gift. Um, and, and because of them, I feel like I can trust me. I trust implicitly what they tell me because they have never, ever told me anything that didn't come to pass or anything about anybody that wasn't true. So it's like, you know, and I... But see, I think that this is available to everyone. So you know, Warren, mine you is just a little more dramatic. <laughs> what? Do you do you think um, what some people may call uh, their guardian angel? Do you think that's that may be something similar to the elders, or uh, it's just Absolutely. another another label another label for them? I think that there are energies or beings, or something, and we can call them whatever we like, but if, they, oh, if they're consistently positive with us, then there's something, you know, from a high vibration that, um, that we can all tap into, but all we have to do is listen and trust that we're getting it. Right. Well, when you, you know, first started... When you first started hearing them, though, I mean, did you think you were losing your mind? I mean, that must have been no. pretty shocking. No, it wasn't. It, it 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 feels the same as like I'm talking to you on the phone right now. You're not actually here, you know, with your body, but I know that you're there. I feel you. Um, we're, we've been friends for a long time, so I feel your love. And it's like that. And so it was like, and I, I must have been set up for it or something because it never surprised me. It never yeah. upset me. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, fine. You know, they're the guys. And and um, so <laughs> I don't know how I just came to be at ease with it, but I always was. I can't remember a time I wasn't. You know, and all yeah. sorts of unusual things go on in my life have and will continue to. And I just kind of take them in stride and go, okay, there's, you know, another thing. Um, so how, if, 
if a listener is hearing you talk about this and maybe wants to see if you know they have access to let's just call them right. the elders because that's that's who that's what you call them or you know they may call it their guardian angel or their guides or whatever right. Um, right. how how would how would you recommend that they start tuning in and listening and have confidence that maybe what they're hearing isn't just their own thoughts. Right. Um, well, I've actually taught classes in this. So, that, um, and our self is totally connected to those beings, and our it's like like there's hardware and software in the universe. And so the the high beings or God or goddess or angels or whatever you want to call them are part of us. They're not separate. There is no separation. And um, so if a person starts with themselves to start feeling things that are coming, like it could be as simple as like going outside to the store and getting a message saying, take a sweater. And it's like, it's sunny. It doesn't look like any rain. It doesn't look cold. But so it's, the tendency can be for a person to go, that's silly. Why should I take a sweater? Later on, so you don't take the sweater, you go out into the world, it gets cold. And there you are without a sweater. And you go, oh, I got that message. I didn't pay attention to that message. I could have. And that's how it starts. It starts really, really simple. And because each of us has this psychic discernment, I call it, inside, that is totally connected to the universe and all the happenings in the universe and other people. So if if we get a message, and the message could be a picture, a word, a feeling, it could be even smell or taste. You know, something tastes funny. Um, to pay attention and to trust it, even if it makes no sense. And then if, if the message also says, well, do something like take the sweater, then do it. And, and that's the practice that one can start on a really, really simple level. And then it grows with time and confidence and then one can know, okay, well, I'm also getting these messages from the greater universe, from maybe these beings, maybe from angels or, or guardians or guides or whatever we want to call them because it's all the same. There is no disconnect. You know, so if we get yeah. messages, the messengers are just the messages. Does that yeah. make any sense? Well, it does. It does absolutely. Okay. Um, and I wonder, you know, uh, and and within the realm of your comfort zone, um, can you think of maybe what was one of the most difficult um, uh, advice that you followed from them? You know that. Um, yeah. It, it gets it gets more interesting as time goes by. So um, I was living up in Washington State. I built my farm. My husband had just died, um, and I I started having a relationship with a fellow that I'd had a relationship with many many years before. And we decided 
that we would move in together. And I did his astrocartography for Washington, and it was awful. So he said, well, I've always loved Santa Fe, New Mexico. Let's move to Santa Fe. It's like, okay. And so I did my astrocartography. It was fantastic. And so I kept getting this feeling this was the thing to do. So I I sold and gave away everything, all my furniture, most of my possessions, all my household goods. My I gave my, my car to my daughter, and I moved here to Santa Fe with three suitcases. And a month later, this man and I split up. I was like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> um, but what I kept getting, the message I kept getting was, it's not about the relationship. You're here in Santa Fe to heal. There's some old, old stuff from your childhood that needs to heal. And it's like, okay. So I just kept trusting it. And here I am. I have my own apartment. I have a car. I have my own stuff. Um, and I have healed a lot. <laughs> of my childhood, wow. which was very difficult. Yeah, so um, yeah. that was a huge thing. Yeah, I mean, no. uh, it, it you're, you're, right. you're, yeah, you're telling me that was it. That was a huge thing. Now, you <laughs> you um, feel like you are an elder in training. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about that, and how okay. does that? Um, I, I mean, I, I think you're. How does that job? Uh, does it have something to do with the Mayan calendar or being a conduit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. L- let me tell you. Okay. Um, and you know me. I'm full of stories. So if you you can cut me off whenever you want to. Um, before my husband died, I, I was very ill myself. And so in it was getting to be late 2012, which is, was supposed to be the end time for the Mayan calendar, To you know, uh, December 2012. So I thought, well, this is interesting, and I gave away a lot of my very special things to to my friends and, and relatives, and because I thought I was going to die, I, I was having heart problems. And I would talk to the elders, and they said, "You're going to come with us." It's like, well, doesn't that sound like I'm going to die? Okay. And um, so 2000. So I thought by the end of 2012 I would die. Well, I didn't, and I felt fine after that. And it's like, well, I don't understand what had happened, you know. And but I was also studying the Mayan calendar, and it this one man talks about it um, that it wasn't the end; it was actually the final step in human evolution, which was conscious co-creation. So it's like, okay, so all this somehow went together in my mind. And um, so sometime after that, when I didn't die, and I talked to the elders again, and they said, well, now you're an elder in training. It's like, well, what does that mean? Is there like a handbook, or what does it mean that I'm an elder in training? I don't understand. And um, they said, you have gone through a transformation, and now you get to do to start practicing to do the job that we do. And so, what is it that we do? And it's like, well, let's see. You love me. You support me. You're always compassionate with me. You know, you don't you don't 
put me down, you know, you encourage me. And they said, yes. I said, that's all I have to do? They said, yes. Oh, so that's what I practice now. I'm not very good at it, so it may take me another couple million years to achieve what they've got. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but that's what I'm told that, I, you know, I'm supposed to practice. And so I feel like I've become very humble, you know, that that because this is really what I like to do. I like to be supportive of people, you know, and share whatever I've learned that might be helpful. And so now it's like yeah. I get to practice that. And, you know, and maybe someday on the other side, you know, when I'm in the spirit form, that will be my job. So I'm, I'm, I'm practicing. And, I'm an apprentice. And, and, and where does the conduit part come in? Unless, oh. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, I don't want to assume. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Um, so what I experience a lot in my life is when there's, there's troubles going on in the world, I feel it. I feel it really intensely. If I'm around people who are having problems, I feel their problems. Um, and it's and it's something that I cannot I cannot block out. I've tried a lot of different methods and it, nothing works. I've even talked to um, archangels and they said we can't help you. We're not allowed to touch you. Okay. And um, so some years ago, about 20 years ago, I think, I was talking to the elders and it's like, what is this that goes on? Why why do I feel all this stuff? And they said, because you're a conduit. And I said, well, what's a conduit? And they said, there, for every 144,000 people on the planet, there is a conduit. And the conduit um, is able to take the energy that is, that is less than harmonious. So less than harmonious thoughts, actions, behavior, feelings, and not, not heal those people but just take the energy and then it, the energy gets subsumed and then it gets grounded and then <clears throat> without the conduit's job, I'm told, that the earth would implode with negativity. <laughs> so, so, so Lauren, do you think, you know, you, do you think your health challenges in your adult life um, yeah. maybe or part of the fact that you've been you've been almost like an empath. Yeah, it is an empath. And um yeah, it has been a very challenging and it has affected me a lot. But I chose this. Yeah. So they showed me there was a time before I came into this incarnation where they said, you know, we have this job of, of conduit, and they kind of told me what it was, and could you do that when you come in? It's like, oh, sure, no problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> and it wasn't until I actually was born, and I remember this um, some years later, when I was born, I could feel the energy of what it's like to be a conduit, you know, and taking on all this stuff. is like, oh, no, I don't want to do this at all. No, I changed my mind. Um, and they said, well, sorry. You know, you made this agreement. It's life to death. You get to do this. Right. 
And um, my current boyfriend that I have right now, he, he questions me and he says, well, why would why would you suffer? Why do you need to suffer for this? And I said, well, I don't consider it suffering. Um, it doesn't feel very good. But, you know, if that's the job I selected and it's it's of help, well, then, okay, I've done it. You know, and yeah. um, many people have said, well, can you put up barriers or boundaries or both light or something? And it's like, I've tried. It doesn't It doesn't work. You know, and well, and then, I you, then that, you would be denying your contract. You know, exactly. you would you wouldn't be fulfilling you wouldn't be fulfilling the contract then, and that might be not a good thing too. Yeah, and so I I actually put out um, something on Facebook a couple of years ago, asking, you know, talking about what a conduit is, and are there anybody out there who does this too? And I I met four people who said that they had experienced the same kind of thing. That I do. Wow. And the same kind of challenges and stuff. Very sweet people. And it's like, okay, so with the Conduit Country Club. <laughs> <laughs> well, you brought you brought up another subject I want to delve into, um, past lives. Okay. Um, okay. You know, can one actually uh, uncover and understand uh, their past life? I mean, yes. I, I, I know people do past life regressions, but you know me, I'm the skeptical Virgo. It's hard I for me to are. believe that, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard for me to believe that what I'm getting isn't just my imagination. I, and some people right. seem to be able to go, you know, go so deep and into such depth um, and get so much detail. Um, and then others, you know, like like me, I tend to, uh, seem to only get, you know, maybe the fringe. Um, mm-hmm. and talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, when everything changed in, early in my life, one of the things, the gifts that I was given is is the ability to remember my past lives. I remember, so far I remember 97 of them in great detail. <clears throat> and But this is, you know, over a, a lot of time. And then I also realized that I could read for other people what their lives were. And so I did that for a few decades. And then I realized, you know, it's it's actually better for a person to remember inside than for me to just tell them. Although a lot of the, the what I told them uh, was remarkable. And some people did some research on what I told them, and they found these obscure things that I had talked about. It's like, wow. Because I don't I don't even know. I don't know for sure anything, really. You know, I just kind of go with I trust. So, um, but with the people that I was working with, um, what I would tell them before we started is I'd take them on the river of time. That's what I called it. It was a journey. And I'd have them put their logical minds on the shelf next to them. I said, you won't need this during this time because all the logic will do is go question, be skeptical, you know, that doesn't make sense. So we just kind of put it on the side for a while and then we go into the river of time. And if they get stuck with with details, I say, make it up. And, um, and I, I just taught myself this. I don't know where I got it from, but just all this seemed to be helpful to people. And then I was 
when I was with my husband, he was a scholar, and one of the things he said was that what Blake, he quoted Blake, and said, Blake said that whatever can be imagined is real. And so I thought, okay, so that if we just make it up, it's the same thing as real. And it doesn't matter if it's real with a capital R or just real because it makes sense to us. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what I would do with folks is, um, you know, we'd go on the journey. I'd take them, we, we'd go for maybe four lifetimes. And usually they'd have some kind of goal, like a relationship that they wanted to understand better from past life perspectives or like that. So we'd go on the, the journey and we'd stop at, it was on a river, so we'd stop at different um, piers, get off out of the boat, go up the pier, go to a door, open the door, and they would be walking into their past life. And there was a mirror so they could see what they looked like. There was a calendar so they could see what what time it was. They'd get a sense of what the country was. And every single person that I did this with had no trouble uh, getting details because they'd get stuck and I'd say, pick it up. And then they make up a story, and the story was so congruent. It was astonishing even to me, you know. And then if if they were getting into something that was really powerful, I'd start to get goosebumps all over my body. I call them truth bumps. I'd get these goosebumps, and it's like I knew that what they were onto was really powerful, really important for them to remember, you know. So I'd be going, "Uh uh-huh, 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 yes. I'm feeling that. And um, so, and I think that the reason that past lives can, are important um, is that we're balancing all of those lifetimes and this lifetime so that we can then go on to the next level of experience, you know, beyond this planet. And um, we need to, like, bring a balance have harmony, forgive ourselves if we need to, forgive other people, um, so that everything is then at, at, at peace and we move on. So yeah. um, that, that's my perspective on it. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And, well, and I want to talk a bit, too, about, uh, you know, following the energy and the divine timing. I mean, we sort of um, kind of just briefly touched on that with your books. But, um, you know, t- talk about that some, you know, about okay. uh, following the energy and, um, and you know, and, and if it plays into astrology, too. Sure. Um, that's my phrase, following the energy, because... I was talking earlier about the psychic discernment. So when we get a feeling, a thought, an idea, a vision, a message, um, and then we get the feeling like, okay, I should, that's the direction to go. And we go, I call that following the energy. And um, being that I've been an astrologer for 40-something years, um, I always look to see, okay, what's happening with the planet and me. And there's always this, um, it's such an amazing synchronicity that what I'm going through is exactly what the planets are talking about. 
uh, what they're what they're helping me to experience, um, pushing me towards a, a certain direction. Um, so that's what I call following the energy, which also corresponds with astrology. Um, and what was the other part of that? I forgot. Um, divine timing. Oh, divine timing. So um, and there's two or three pieces to this. So the first piece is I'm a determinist, which um, in my um how I describe it is that I believe that we set everything up in our life before we step in and that we go along and all these things are set up and that we have this chart that we've come in and we've set up and the transits flow so beautifully, so remarkably from that original chart. Um, So that what I believe our free will is, is that we get to, decide if we're going to heal those experiences, those relationships, those feelings, those whatever we've been challenged with. That's that's our free will. We get to choose if we're going to heal that or not and how we're going to heal it. We don't have to. We have the free will. We don't have to we don't have to heal anything. We can we can still, you know, blame other people or feel miserable or or like, you know, God hates me or whatever, um, where we can choose forgiveness and gratitude and serenity. and But it's not an easy thing. I mean, you have to practice. You know, you, there's no magic wand, you know, or magic bullet or something that will come along and go, ding, you're better. Um, yeah. Oh, dear, I've lost my train of thought again. Help me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were, we, we were we were on divine timing and following the energy. You said there were different yeah. parts to the divine timing. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. So, the part of the divine timing, from my perspective, from my from my the way I look at it, which may not be right, I mean, it may not even work for other people, but it works for me. So, as I, I set everything up walked into this life, was born, created a birth, and everything starts to flow from there. And so that's the divine timing. It's the the timing of the cosmos. And I've stepped into that moment of time, and everything gets set in motion. So um, because I feel that um, everything is set up, and my job is to heal whatever's going on, including the past lives that I discern, that um, I can use this timing, you know, and actually the timing uses me <laughs> when you have the, the, the planets were going on. Um, so that, that actually, you know, whatever is set up in my life has already been set up. And I don't really know it most of the time, but I think that that's what psychics do is they kind of tune in to to part of that divine timing. And that's what astrologers do. It's like, okay, you know, you have these planets doing this right now. Um, so we have these, you know, little peaks into the universe. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we go on. You know, so I'm, okay. I, I'm still, I'm, I'm so amazed at the universe. I'm so amazed. I've been doing astrology all these years, and it never ceases to amaze me how fabulously 
synchronistic, harmonious. Everything is, you know, and it's all just right there for, for yeah. my healing and everybody else's healing, you know, and growth. Well, and I, have, I, I have to ask you this, and, yeah. you know, maybe it hadn't even occurred to you to do it, but I'm going to just take a chance that maybe the okay. curiosity got the best of you. Um, have you run the charts on any of the presidential candidates to see who you think is going to win? No, I have not. Um, but what I did do some years ago, uh, which I found quite interesting, is when Obama was running his first term. And um, and then right, I think right after he was elected as well, and and there was no official birth certificate with a birth time, which is very critical. So um, what astrologers do when there's no birth time is they use 12 noon as the chart. So the chart is mostly accurate, but there's some you know, things you can't really discern. So, um, so everyone was using 12 noon for Obama. And I got really curious because I have software where I can go and it's called rectification. So I can go and actually go backwards in his life to find out his birth time. So I, it took a few hours, but I did that. And so I came up with, I think it was like 11 something in the morning was his birth time. And then sometime after that, a month or two after that, there's like this big furor and um, there's like this, this miracle that they have found his birth certificate. But the birth certificate is like 7 or something in the, in the evening. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, something is wrong. It felt really weird to me because um, the way that program works, you, you take all of a person's most significant times, wedding, graduation, when he was inaugurated, when his children were born, when his mother died. I was taking all those into consideration. That's what I used but it came out with a whole different time than what this 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 miraculous birth certificate showed. And it's like, then I got really upset. I was like, oh, dear, what does this mean? Am I right? Are they right? Is something, you know, am I not seeing something here? And so I wrote to an astrology magazine. I wrote a long letter to this magazine, the Mountain Astrologer, which is very nice magazine for astrologers. And um, I said, you know, I did this, and I told them the whole story, what I've just said, and this is what came up. And I'd really like to know if anybody else has looked into this or not. They published my whole letter in their next issue, but no one ever contacted me. So I never knew, you know, if this birth certificate was phony uh, or if I just did it wrong, or but it was very interesting, and I, I'm just so alarmed at the people who are running <laughs> this time that um, yeah. I, I I don't even want to go look and see you know who they might be. I um, psychically I get I get a lot of feelings about stuff about them, which um, for the most part are not very pleasant. And I'm and I'm, I'm yeah. really like well, 
everything is perfect, no matter what it looks like, for the good of <laughs> learning, growth, and evolution. So, um, well, you know, I'm still, I'm still holding out hope that the FBI more. <laughs> what? Okay. Well, I'll just, yeah. I'll just, my, my final political thing to say will be, I'm still holding out ho- hope that Hillary is indicted and Bernie ends up being the president. So I'm still yeah. holding out yeah. hope for that. But <laughs> so let's, um, so let's, um, let's go on to, um, you know, spirituality today. Um, do you know? Do you do you think it's more important today than it's been for a long time, and um, why? Um, it seems to have exploded into total awareness in the last probably 20 years or so. Um, I don't think it's more important. I think it's always been really important. Um, but because of, of everything that is happening um, in the cosmos, not just on our planet, but like the... the the planets, what they're doing, and that um, our whole solar system is going into the galactic center, that all these changes are happening on the planets in our solar system, uh, physical changes, that there's just a huge, huge amount of change going on, and it's reflected in the, in the, the difficulties we're seeing in the world. You know, it's as above, so below. So all this cosmic stuff is going on and all these things going on on our planet as well. So um, people are, are like, like opening. And I think ever since the December 2012, I think it has really accelerated a lot, This whatever this energy is that's happening. And I think people are responding to the energy and looking and opening up and having having awakenings and you know I mean it's so amazing how many people are going through this pretty much on their own and then they go looking for okay so you know who else is talking about this or you know is there books on this or is there a teacher on this or um, and it's because it's the whole it's the whole universe going through change and I think it's positive. Well, I don't think see it as negative at all. I mean, it's difficult, well, but I don't see it as negative. Well, you know, I um, and I'll throw this out, and it feels like it's kind of in alignment with what you said. Um, you know, I've spoken to a couple astrologers, and um, and sort of. Uh, well, anyway, I, I mean, in this subject sort of came up. It wasn't the focus of our conversation, but it was sort of a peripheral subject. And um, they were saying that they thought <clears throat> probably in the next 12 to 20 years we were we would see significant positive change, like some of these things that we're we're struggling for now, um, you know, would would actually come to be. And um, I, I guess I just wonder if you're getting any hits like that, um, you know, with what you're hearing from the elders, what you're feeling, what you're reading in the stars. Um, would you say that's accurate? I mean, would you concur? Um, let's see. The, it's, it's more than a yes or no answer. So um, I think it's much sooner 
than 12 to 20 years. I think it's it's really soon, um, whatever this, this shift is. And I feel like the shift is towards what people are calling ascension. You know, that a lot of a lot of people will start to ascend, and I think a lot of people are getting ready, and and they're feeling. But what does that mean this. exactly? What is, I mean, does that mean they're um, going to pass away and be re- reborn, or they're just going to they're going to open up to a higher level of awareness and vibrate on a higher level? What does what does yeah. uh, oh. achieving ascension oh. mean? Okay, um, basically. One can do either of those things. One can die and then go into that next dimension, uh, or one can achieve it on this planet in this body. Um, and uh, there's lots of folks that are talking about the whole ascension process, and I think that's a lot of what is propelling a lot of folks on planets. And I think. Some years ago, I think it was about 10 years ago now, I was doing a lot of writing, and one of the pieces I wrote was that there was going to come a time really soon where all the forces would be fighting each other, you know, from one side to the other side and not much in the middle. And that's what I've really seen happening over the last eight or so years. A lot of tension, a lot of warfare, a lot of hatred, a lot of stuff coming up and um, but I'm not I'm not really an optimist I'm really a, a realist and I'm very skeptical but what it feels like is like we're, we're right on the verge of this huge, really huge shift for everyone on so the when, planet and the, so yep. you said that um, you know you think it's going to be sooner than the 12 yeah. to 20 years if, if you had to you know put a, a you know, put a time on it, you know, if you had to guess, I mean, obviously it's, you know, this, this is an educated guess for you. I mean, how soon is soon? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I love talking with you because we have these really great conversations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm going into my altered state here and, and, and asking the elders too. let's see. Something like between six to eight years. Okay. And and um, that I'm not really sure what it looks like exactly. Um, it it could look to a lot of people like it's it's terrible, disastrous. Um, but it's only a perspective because since everything is perfect, um, there is no. There's no tragedies in the world. There's just learning. You know, we're all here in our certain place, you know, whether we live here in America or Somalia or Syria or wherever, you know, we're here to learn certain things. You know, nobody, I don't consider anybody to be a victim. Um, there's certain places I, I'm glad I'm not living, um, but I'm glad that I chose here. But my life, I yeah. chose, was equally difficult, just not you know, living in some some terrible country under some terrible circumstances. It was more familial. Yeah. So, um, but six, eight years, yeah. Um, maybe more like seven. And um, and and it will look as if things have just gotten gone from from bad to worse. But it's a good sign. 
it's a really good sign. And human beings don't seem to um, shift readily. You know, they have to kind of be pushed, you know, to change mm-hmm. or through pain mm-hmm. or stuff, something. And so mm-hmm. this is on a global scale now. And it's on a positive scale. Well, you know, well, you know, I've 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 been thinking about this quite a lot myself, you know, and as, you know, we see what's going on out there in the world and you know, I would like I, I mean in, in the best possible worlds, you know, I'm thinking the shift would be uh something like uh former President Jimmy Carter said, you know, he said we you know, people have to wake up to the fact that we that we need to uh stop choosing war and exploitation and, I, and I'm paraphrasing here. I don't know if these were exactly his words now. Uh, but we have to choose war and exploitation or peace and taking care of each other. And exactly. I would hope it would be, you know, peace and taking care of each other. But, yes. would it, but I mean, there's so much, there's so much greed. There's so much uh, entrenched um, disassociation from... Uh, the idea that we're all in, interconnected. You know, there's so much uh, privilege of some, elitism, you know, people who just don't care about what happens to people on the other part of the planet. You know, I almost wonder sometimes if it's climate change or something like that that would potentially cause such a horrendous sh- change that humans would be forced to do the right thing. You know, because mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I That's, don't think I don't think humans do the right thing because it's the right thing. Um, I think maybe and I'm not saying everybody, but you know, I'm I'm thinking that they got to sort of be forced into it. That's what I because was saying. I mean, yeah. you know, but because it, it, hand, it 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 now, it's their survival too at that point. Their money isn't going to save oh, them. Right. However, there's another perspective I have as well, which is that the people who are, as you described, do exist. Um, I think they're in a vast minority. I think the vast majority of people are good, fine. Um, In my universe, um, all that stuff does not really exist. I live in, in in a universe where there's some really lovely people um, I live in a lovely place. I have everything I need. Um, I work towards my own happiness and um, and be compassionately listening to other people when they talk about stuff. And I don't have to do anything. I just only have to listen, and and they figure it out themselves, or they you know feel like they've been heard. So yeah. um, I think it's it's you know. Each person has to take the decision, him or herself, to change their own world. And then, like, you know, the Lauren's Law, as I transform myself, other people transform themselves in my presence, that that it's, it, it takes, you know, each person has to make that choice. And um, I've watched people in my life, uh, people I was really closely connected to, three of them, which I wrote a fairy tale about in my from my fairy tale book many years ago, and um, the question was always, you know, it didn't seem fair that these people were doing such mean things, you know, and causing grief to people. 
And then I watched as the universe just kind of took over. And, and you know, I call it instant karma. You know, things started to happen to them. Um, one person died. I mean, he was 18 years old, and he got shot to death. And he was creating a lot of problems for people. But, you know, I was getting the information that, you know, no one no one gets away from karma, you know? Yeah. And if these people are doing these things, they will have to answer for it at some point, maybe not in this life, maybe not for a few lives, but at some time. Everyone has to answer for their own stuff, and it's like the, the Egyptian laying of the heart. Each person's yeah. heart will be laid, you know, and you will yeah. have to um, be answerable for it. And so to me that's, that's a relief because I don't have to do anything. I don't have to make sure. I mean, I, it would be nice, you know, if, if criminals were arrested and put in prison, you know, tried and put in prison or whatever. Sometimes they're not. But eventually the universe will take care of it. You know, so yeah. I don't have to do anything. In fact, one of these three people I was telling you about was um, my ex-father-in-law. And he had done a lot of things that he was really proud of, which I thought was egregious. And he was lying to the government and getting them to do stuff for him. And I, at some point I thought about calling the governmental agency and anonymously giving them a tip on him. And um, and, I, and I just got this feeling, no, don't interfere. Just, you know, continue your own life. So I didn't do anything. And within two or three months, his, everything had been taken care of. I didn't need to do a thing. <laughs> and it was so amazing to watch. It's like, oh, my God, it really does work. You know, it's reassuring, and it, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, well, let's um, let's just. Uh, I, I have one more question for you, and then you know, I want you to say whatever it is you want to say about your your new books and stuff. Um, I, I wonder where things like ayahuasca and magic mushrooms and LSD oh, yeah. and uh, hallucin- sacred hallucinogens, shall we call them? Um, where do those fit into your spiritual paradigm, or do they? Well, they're not in mine. Um, I did try a couple of things once or twice. I didn't like them. They didn't make me feel good. Um, at one point, I took a very mild thing, and I was I couldn't stay in my body for six months. So I decided they were. I was just too sensitive for them. I don't have any problem with other people doing them. Um, I think for a lot of people, it's a great way to like wake up in a hurry. Um, but then after you've awakened, then you're back with everybody else where you have to go through the day-to-day steps of learning and growing and becoming spiritual. You know, there's no magic wand. You know, mm-hmm. it can help you get to, to a place, you know, where you can see things. Um, but then there's the stuff, you know, forgiveness and being kind to other people. You can't avoid those steps. You know, right. That's part right, of right. becoming a spiritual being. You know, and and being loving and respectful and so forth. So, um, I think they have a place. I mean, they've they've been used by shamans for thousands of years. 
a lot of people are using DMT and ayahuasca and stuff like that now. And it's like, whatever works for you, you know? Yeah. Um, for me, it doesn't work. You know, I've, I've had to go a, a different path, and it's okay. Okay. Um, I personally, I, so, I feel personally that I would have gone completely nuts. Because <laughs> I'm just basically <laughs> yeah, I can. Well, like you said, yeah, yeah you're probably way too sensitive. And, uh, I mean, what does it mean when you say you couldn't be in your body for six months? What, what does that mean exactly? Oh. Well, um, what happened is I was with my first husband, and he had a couple of friends come over for dinner, and one friend was uh, dealt drugs, which I didn't know. And so after dinner, he, he, he said, you know, do you want to do this? And but I had no idea what he was talking about, you know. And he just was going to do some cannabis. And um, like, well, oh, you know, I tried it once before and it didn't do anything. So, so we did that, and it still didn't do anything. And then he made a special joint just for me, and I smoked it. And then I came out of my body, out through the top of my head. It was really quite alarming because it was so sudden. And um, and then they left for the evening, and for the next six months, every time I relaxed, I'd start to come out of my body again. So wow. I didn't like that, you know, the leftover feelings of that. Um, and, I mean, I'd have to sleep. I'd tense up my body, and I'd put my hands on the top of my head to go to sleep, which was very uncomfortable. <laughs> and finally, after about six months, you know, it stopped. It was like, no, I'm, I'm way too sensitive. That was just... That was just yeah. cannabis, you know. Okay. So, it's like, so I've had people say, you know, try this. It's like, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> but thanks, anyway. Well, you know, we, we've, we've covered a lot of territory. Um, is there anything I haven't thought to ask you uh, you might like to share? Two things. One is that um, it's all very simple that I know there's tons and tons of books and how-tos and videos and Internet, you know, about how to become spiritual. It's really, in my opinion, it's just the simple stuff. To love other people, to be kind, to do stuff for other people, and to be a good person, you know, so that you feel proud of them. And um, the second thing is that um, although I love writing and I love um, people loving my books, it's like the the most important thing is for each person to decide what's right for him or herself. You know, what, what I say may have resonance, it may not. You know, it doesn't mean anything bad about the person, it doesn't mean anything bad about me, it's just that we're different. You know, we have different paths. And, um, and that what I know is that it's important for people to know that I'm just a humble person trying to live my life like everybody else. Um, and I've been given difficulties which have turned out to be blessings. So the difficulties are blessings. Um, and to not give up. That, that there's, there's reasons for everything, even if we can't see them so clearly at times. Um, and that uh, something wonderful is coming for all of us. 
Okay. And your your new books coming out, or the ones that have just recently come out, uh, tell us a little bit about them and how we can get them. And um, do you have a website yet, or how do people reach you? I I don't have a website, and I need to get one, but (laughs) I don't have a lot of money, so I don't have a website, and I don't don't know how to do it. So um, my books are available on Amazon. All you have to do is go to laurenbo.time, and my books are there. More are coming out soon. (laughs) I don't know how soon soon is, but soon. and I have a few of um, Timely Tales, which is my fairy tale book, and my poetry book, which is from, called From the Depths of Time, which is different poems that I've had starting when I was in my early 20s. Um, so I have some of those, too. And if people want to uh, contact me, I can send it to them uh Three ninety nine shipping. Uh, the one is seven. The other is nine. So they're not very expensive. And then I can autograph it for them too. Okay. You know, you should use okay. your Facebook pages uh, like uh, a website. Oh. oh. You know, really That's a good idea. Think think, yeah. think about that. You know, you sh- you mm-hmm. could put your you could put your book covers on your Facebook okay. page just like I I yeah. do. If you go look, yeah. and just have there. people contact. Yeah have people contact you on your Facebook page. Okay. Okay. Well, they can contact me on my Facebook at Lauren O. Time. And I do have all my and stuff there. Yeah, T-H-Y-M-E. 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 Um, yeah. Well, Lauren, I have uh, enjoyed having you back. Um, thank you for uh, thank you for coming on and uh, and sharing uh, sharing a lot of wisdom. You know, I, I and I think we covered a lot of ground. It was interesting, and um, um, thank you. And I'm so glad for for your success with your books. I mean, I can't think of anyone more deserving. Um, you know than than you quite honestly i mean everything you you give and you do i i mean it's it's always with a generous heart and you know i'm i'm glad the universe uh, has decided the timing is right for you now <laughs> me too <laughs> and it's easy <laughs> well um so um i hope i hope your folks have been able to find the show okay uh i'm going to send you an email uh after the show if you get a chance uh take a look at it and um i i guess uh any any final closing thoughts or you think you covered it all well Karen, i just want to tell you that i love you very much i am so proud of you you have done and are doing such great work I'm really, I feel very um, blessed to be part of it with you. Oh, well, thank you. It's very kind of you, very kind. And I'm, I'm glad you're in my life, and, uh, you know, you're, you're such a wonderful mentor and friend as well. Thank you. And, and good so. luck with everything, and, and let's stay in touch. And uh, like I said, I'm going to send you an email later. Uh, watch for that. And, uh, okay, so just uh, okay. the titles titles of your books again timely tales from the depths of time uh cosmic grandma wisdom uh then you have along the nile uh that's uh that's probably coming out real soon right they can get it now and uh yeah 
and uh, Twin and Souls, uh, a, a karmic love story. So, uh, lots of good, lots of good stuff. And uh, do you have a do you have a blog site or no? Um, the only I'm part of a blog at GaldiPress.com. So if, okay. if people go to G A L D E Press.com. Um, and then type in my name, they'll go to my blogs, and there's a lot of my articles there. Yeah, I thought I thought you probably there was probably access yeah. to more of your wisdom out there. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, and listen, and listeners, <laughs> if you have any any trouble reaching Lauren, you can always contact me, and and I'll be the conduit and put you two together. <laughs> All right, Lauren. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, and and. Uh, and we'll we'll chat soon. In fact, uh, I was thinking about giving you a call tomorrow, but uh, I'll tell you about that in the email. So, all right. Okay. Thank you so much, Take Lauren. Care, and, my and dear. Congratulations on the books. All right. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my dear friend Lauren's uh, words of wisdom. Uh, they certainly uh, come from a uh, a rich and fulfilling life um, of of learning. Uh, if, if you've been listening, I, you, you get what I mean. So um, I just want to remind you <clears throat> that uh, if you enjoy this kind of programming, uh, that blog talk is not free uh, for hosts like me. Uh, and uh, as we see more and more uh, how vital independent media uh, is becoming, uh, as the mainstream media has given up on any journalistic integrity and uh, really just wants to promote us being consumers or uh, ideas that their corporate owners want us uh, to uh, be focused on. Uh, it's so important uh, to have alternative sources of, uh, of education and wisdom. So your contribution uh, is needed and welcome. Uh, I pay out of my pocket to give guests uh, a platform to teach and share their wisdom. So if uh, you would like to help me out, it would be much appreciated. Uh, there are PayPal buttons on my uh, website. Uh, you just go to KarenTate.com once you're there. Uh, go to the Goddess Store page. And from the Goddess Store page, um, go all the way down to the bottom. And at the very last PayPal button, you can make a donation of any amount. And uh, I hope that you will. And uh, remember, you can catch uh, Voices of the Sacred Feminine um, uh, you know, from the archives. You can listen from iTunes, and uh, there's lots of great shows. And since I won't be with you uh, next Wednesday, I hope you will go to the archives and, uh, uh, you know, s stay with the program and maybe listen to um, one of the shows that you haven't heard yet. Uh, I haven't been actively promoting the show a whole lot, um, so there's probably a lot of things there that uh, if you find out about this from my email list, you, you might not know about. Uh, so I do encourage you to hit the follow button on my show page, and that way uh, you will get notice of all the upcoming shows. But uh, you will have to scroll through the archives to, um, you know, to find some of, uh, some of the past shows. 
And um, we talked about uh, earlier, before the interview, about uh, some free stuff. Uh, this is where you can win a copy of, uh, of my book, Walking an Ancient Path. Uh, the first three people that actually email me at KarenTate108 at ca.rr.com. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, how you heard about me, maybe why you, you'd like the book. Uh, remember to give me your mailing address, and that's all it takes to be a winner. Uh, so there, you can get a free copy of Walking an Ancient Path, uh, signed by me to you. Um, and... Um, that's uh, how it works if you are uh, in the United States. If you're outside the United States, uh, maybe I can figure out a way to send you a PDF. And, um, yeah, I think that works. What, do you, what, what, do, what about you? Um, so I, I think uh, we will uh, call it a night for now, and uh, I'd just like to remind you that, uh, as many of you know, adversaries of the sacred feminine, well, they tried to sweep away awareness and knowledge of the great she for all time. And with that sweeping away, when goddess was made to disappear because of the religion of patriarchy, uh, maybe of selfish and disconnected humans and their war gods, well, women and their power, their leadership, their spiritual authority, that was all thwarted, repressed, became taboo, diminished, disrespected, marginalized. That's why here on the show I'm dedicated to recovering the great she, whether she be deity, archetype, or ideal. Yes, uh, me, you, and my, and my guests, uh, we intend to do, to defy, to taste the forbidden fruit, to be powerful and uppity women and men, to throw off the shackles, uh, to look under every rock, behind every locked door, to peer into the abyss of the past so we know why things are the way they are, how they've become to be so turned on their head and unnatural, and we are going about setting things right. Why? Well, because if we want to save ourselves as a species, I think we have no other choice. If we want to put the right, uh, if we want to change the world, if we want to create a new normal, we have to put the right energy out there to help manifest it. If we want to restore balance, harmony, wholeness, sanity, it's women and our like-minded brothers armed with the ideals of the sacred feminine that will help set things back on course, will help that paradigm shift that we're all waiting for. So once again, let me repeat some of the mottos of the show, the quotes of author Schopenhauer and uh, Gandhi. Uh, Schopenhauer said, all truth passes through three stages. First, it's ridiculed. Second, it's violently opposed. And third, it is accepted for being self-evident. He said that in the 19th century. And Gandhi said, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you then they fight you, then you win. I think we've been making progress, people. I really, really do. So uh, I hope you have uh, a wonderful 4th of July holiday. Uh, I hope you will contemplate uh, uh, Lady Freedom, Lady Libertas uh, on this holiday and, um, you know, make it your own. And um, I just I wish you well. And may Goddess embrace you in her golden wings. So to uh, close tonight's uh, show, uh, I'll uh, play a little bit of uh, music here for you. 
Uh, let's see. How about? Uh, hmm, let me look. Let me look. Let me look for something maybe you haven't heard in a while. Uh, I'm, all right. Let's do this one. Peace, Salome, Shalom by Emma's Revolution. And here we go. Thank you. Thank you very much, dear listeners, for tuning in. You are truly the gas in my tank.